Hey, everybody, this is Brad Gillis from Night Ranger, and you're checking out Focus on Metal right here with Richie and Scott. You're going to love it. Hey, Metalhead, Scott here. And Richie. And uh, welcoming you to yet another episode of Focus on Metal. And uh, this week, uh, we bring you an interview that uh, we did with uh, Brad Gillis of uh, Night Ranger. And uh, now, initially, we were supposed to do uh, Jack Blades. Last and, minute, he uh, was Last uh, minute, Brad Gillis. But either way, um, it's all good. Yeah, all good. Um, you know, Brad, we never have Brad. We never had anyone no. from Night Ranger on, have we? Well, Joel, does that count? Yeah, I suppose. And Red Te- Beach, does that count? Yeah, well, <laughs> obviously it doesn't count because when I did the career interview with him, I forgot to ask him about Night Ranger. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think I think that's it. Uh, no, wait a minute. Um, Jack Russell's done backing vocals for them, too. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're a nerd. <laughs> and I think that's it. Okay. So we've sort of kind of had someone on before, Yeah. but this time we officially do. Yeah, I, I Does that mean we can say we had someone from Ozzy's band on now? Um, <laughs> you've had Phil Sasson on, haven't you? Actually, I have had okay, Phil Sasson on. Okay, well, there you on. go then. Yeah, he was a good guy. Okay, well, that's two then. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, so uh, anyways, this week... Uh, cause Joe they, Holmes. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Damn, I forgot about Joe, yeah. Um, man, five years, it's like it's a lot of freaking guests. Yeah. Um, but... Um, Obviously, the Night Ranger has a new album out. Been getting a lot of reviews. It's been covered in a lot of places. The album called "Don't Let Up." It's really good. And uh, ah, surprising. Yeah, um, it's really good. You know, a lot of the ones that were, it was almost like they had those hits, and then they started doing the stuff for in the movies, and everything started to get really slow, melodic, and it didn't have. I mean, you got you know firepower guitar players in there, and it was like, where's my riffs? But. Uh, Got this one on, and it was surprisingly up-tempo and a lot of riffs going on, and uh, still has all the classic Night Ranger vocals and all that kind of stuff going on as well. But, um, yeah, it was nice to see it more of, a, of an up-tempo driving stuff. I, I think their last couple of albums have been really strong. Yeah. Um, High Road was the one before this one, strong. Um, I think the, over the last 10 years, they've definitely released a bad album. Mm. Um, I know a lot, a lot of people miss Jeff Watson, yeah, I miss Jeff Watson yep. in the band, but um, of course they got Joel Hoekstra in. Joel's fantastic, and now they got Kerry Kelly in. Yeah, another great player, and they don't seem to miss a beat. Um, they all still sing great. Yeah, which is which is great. You know, that's a great thing to hear. But like, they must all be touching sixty, maybe a little bit on the other side of sixty. Yeah, and um, still got the harmonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's gu- what's uh, that's what's in store. Yeah, and the guitars are. Right up front in the are. mix. They are, great, yeah, surprisingly great solos. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's good. But uh, what do you say we roll a track of the week and then uh, maybe talk a little bit before we get into our talk with Brad? Sure. Yeah. 
Got a great track of the week for you this week. I've been hanging on to this one for a few weeks until its official release date. But on March 31st, Sinner put out their new one, Tequila Suicide. And as with all things with uh, Matt Sinner involved, great stuff here. And, of course, the current lineup for Sinner looks a lot like the current lineup of Primal Fear. Sort of, kind of, with uh, Matt on vocals and bass, Tom Noman on uh, guitar, Alex Schulp on guitar, and then uh, Francesco Jovino on drums. So uh, three out of the four guys in Sinner also uh, in Primal Fear. Good stuff. And of course, it's been a few years since we heard something from Sinner. In uh, 2013, they did put out Touch of Sin 2, which was a collection of re-recorded stuff. And I had Matt on the show talking about that. But uh, here we are again, 2017, and we've got Tequila Suicide, produced by Matt and uh, Dennis Ward. Good stuff going on here. We've got some good uh, guests on the album as well. You've got Gus G., and uh, Ricky Warwick, Magnus Carlson is on here, and then uh, Pete Lincoln, who uh, was in Sailor and Sweet. So a lot of good stuff, a lot of great guests, and uh, obviously great center tunage going on. And if you get the uh, the Digipack, not only do you get your standard 10 tracks, but also you get uh, three bonus tracks, House of Rock, Monday Morning, and I Am. Those are only on the Digipack and on the vinyl. Otherwise, you get your 10 standard tracks. And, of course, brought to us from our friends at AFM. So, track of the week this week. I listened through the whole thing. I don't know how many damn times. And uh, picked out a really great track for you. Track's called Road to Hell. And as with all things, now that uh, Matt had uh, kind of given me the dope slap on it last time I talked to him, definitely hear a lot of good influence from uh, from Thin Lizzy on this one if you listen to it. But all in all, still a great track. So, off the brand new one, Tequila Suicide from Sinner. This one is Track of the Week, Road to Hell. Track of the week, and uh, 
You know, one of the latest news items there was this whole Peter Chris's final appearances. Now, I don't know. We don't tend to talk about Kiss very much on this, but this is almost like one of these non-news things. Like, do you care that Peter's decided to call it quits? Before we talk a little bit about that, uh, something actually I watched last week. Uh I laughed my fucking balls off because I didn't have it in Ireland at the time. Um, Someone sent me a link to this Phil Donahue show that he did in the early 90s. Uh Some guy claimed to be him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he walked out on the stage, the fucking blonde hair and everything. (laughs) Oh, my sweet. It's like, fuck. He's like something, an extra to Miami Vice. Uh And it was, it was, the show was funny Uh anyway. Like, it's fucking American chat show. But it's just funny you bring up Peter Chris because I watched that Phil Donahue show last week. I laughed my ass (laughs) off. And he had, um, What's the guy's name? Roseanne. He was married to Roseanne. Oh, Tom Arnold? But Tom Arnold yeah. was on He was on it as yeah. well. And uh, it was just fucking funny. Just funny. But Peter Chris is going to retire. Yeah. It's like, I thought he already did. I, I, I don't know. I just... It's, it's almost like a non-event to me. I mean, I'm sure there's Kiss fans are like, oh my God, but I... I it just... Can he play anymore? Well, that's the thing. I think there's, you know, there's, I mean, you talk to someone like, like Ian Pace that still is like freaking phenomenal, but after know, a stroke, yeah, after a stroke, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and I'm, I mean, definitely, you know, we talk about the fact that, you know, drummers and singers are the ones that kind of take the long-term brunt in a band, but I just, I just think that that um, Peter just lost his chops a while ago. Well, Kevin you know? Valentine had to teach him how to play for the Psycho Circus yeah. tour. Yeah. To, he had to teach him how to play the old songs. That was in 96 or 97. Yeah. This is 20 years further down the line. Right. And, and you know, the thing is, is, I mean, he was, Peter was always a, a really powerful drummer, you know, it's that kind of that, that Gene Krupa big band, like really, you're going to hit those skins hard and, and drive the band um, Maybe he's not going to drum. Maybe he's going to sing. Oh god! Just come out and do Beth and fuck uh, uh, off. Oh god! Even even I mean I've seen some videos or of the that solo too, album. It's kind of like <laughs> I'm not sure who's croaking more, him or or Vince Neil. I I just I I don't know. Beth, I hear you calling. You don't hear me calling. I'm not there. <laughs> That's me. It isn't the cat. <laughs> Someone didn't step on the cat. That's me. I, I just I, I, can this really be news? Yeah. He's, he, he was an original member of KISS. Oh, well, sure. Anything to do with KISS is news. Uh, I guess so. You know well, that. Or link bait. Yeah, but you know that. Uh, I guess you're right. So, I w- what, what's he, 65, 66? He's up there. He's, definitely he's old, in the, the older. one of the band. Yeah, he's yeah. older than there. I think, yeah. Simmons, I think Simmons is 65, so I'd say he's probably 67, 68. Yeah, I know he was, he was older than the rest of the band, yeah. You think he's minted? You think he's got a lot of money? I don't think so. Did he probably snorted a lot of it or drank it? Um, probably been divorced a few times. I think only once, maybe twice. Once, maybe twice. Um, I know at least once with Lydia. Yeah, that was really early on, wasn't it? In the Kiss. Yeah, it was like great in the book. 70s. By the way, she put out. Yeah, there. that was a good yeah, book. Really good book. Lots of good pictures in there. Cool book. Yeah. Yeah, but um. What was he was on salary when he he uh, he played all the kiss shows. Yeah. Plus, didn't he sell the rights to the makeup? So he doesn't even have that anymore. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so yeah. It, 
Well, and he didn't write many of the Kiss songs, did he? No. So you probably no, like not a lot Royal, of credits. Not a lot of credits. No, so. it's really it's. And I mean, solo, really a, a solo album hasn't sold twenty million. Oh God, this fucking solo album. When is the last time you yeah. listened to that? Nineteen seventy-eight. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yes. Yeah. You probably bought that just to complete the four. Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. Well, it came bastard. with the posters, man. You had to like they all linked together, and you had to have the four. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, 1978. I I plays that and was like, and you know, this is one of those ones too where you, um, you know, we talked about it a few episodes ago, kind of the, the the mystique of the band and the party line and all that, and and this, you know, definitely Kiss was one of those things where you know Bill of Coin really metered out the information that he wanted people to know, and uh, you know, I don't think you know overall people were really aware of where Peter's background was. You know, it was always just kind of certain things that were put out there but you listen to that album and it's like you hear all this Motown and 50s and all that and and you listen to that compared to well Jeans was kind of a whole conglomeration of all kinds of crap but Paul pretty much you heard you can you know where Paul was coming from you could hear the Zeppelin you could hear the Free a lot of the classic the stuff. Ace definitely could hear all the st- you know all that but then Peter was like what the hell is this you jazz know? yeah and it just and you know it was jazz and doo-wop and and uh Wow, it just it it didn't fit and it it really didn't do anything for me. But that's the idea of a solo album. You put well, a, you you put on um, what was Jeff Tate's first one called? The one that he brought out and I think it was like two thousand and one. It's got like some dance tracks on it and everything. And I I, I put called it, I used to be able to sing. <laughs> no, <laughs> but um, I remember putting it on. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then you have to look at it and think, well, it is a solo record yeah. by him. It's not a Queensrÿche record. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's you know speaking of Queensrÿche, I I gotta say I I I hadn't listened to Condition Human for a while. It's good. I put that on like two weeks ago. Yeah, it's a good album. I think I listened to it for three days straight. Mm. And solid. Like cranking it. It's solid. It's like it's amazing how well that one, um, you know, and the one prior, like how well. I just I listen to that and be like, what you don't play Frequency Unknown a lot. Um, that is unknown to me. <laughs> I just, it's, 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 I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent on this, but yeah, I just, you put this on and it's, it's like going back and listening to, to, uh, mind crime or, or, or the warning again, or it's just like those, I wouldn't those go albums that far. That, that, uh, it, it's just like old school Queens, right? It is old school, you know but I, mean? I wouldn't go that far now to say it's like, listen to mine. It's not, it's not as good as any of the earlier stuff. Oh, it, I think it is though. Especially mm, condition human. This, oh, it's, it's, it's no, it's really it's good, great. but I, it's missing the Garmo. Um, but you know, it, it's just I, that I, it's time. That, it's just though, missing that time period. I was thinking, would the, if Chris was in the band still, would they be, a, have been making that album? With Latori. Mm hmm. Probably not, because I think the Garmo wrote most of the stuff on here in the Now Frontier. I just think that, that there was that kind of that yin and yang thing of, of kind of like the rock thing versus more of the, the theatrical thing. And, and I just I just think that, and I mean, I like Chris, great player, great solos, the whole thing, and he brought a lot to the band. But that's exactly what I was thinking, though, is if Chris was in the band now, rather than Parker, would they have been a such a completely awesome album and I, I think it would have been different maybe it still would have been great but 
I don't think it would have that driving kind of grab force that. Yeah, but didn't that De, didn't DeGarmo play some guitar on Tribe? Mm-hmm. That, that didn't sound like uh, yeah any of the earlier stuff really. Yeah, but yeah. then again, not Jeff Tate was running the band at that stage. Yeah, this all that too. Yeah. yeah. Question on Kiss, right? If Peter Chris, this came to your town, right? Yeah. You had a Peter Chris solo show, Stanley solo solo show, Ace Freely solo show, or Gene Simmons solo show. Which one would you go to? Well, Ace Freely. You go to Aces? Oh yeah. No, I go to Stanley's. Really? Oh yeah. Not a fucking not even not a question. It, Gene is done. He's doing shows. Yeah. Solo shows. They're interesting to see. And, and I've 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 got some bootlegs of 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 Paul solo stuff, very well done. Problem um, is his voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he brings out great guys with him, and a lot of energy and all that. Um, I, know, I just always kind of been more of the Ace guy. I know Paul had, did a, a solo DVD years ago, and he played a lot of Kiss songs that mm-hmm. they didn't play, like. Uh, I think maybe uh, some of the stuff from Lick It Up was on it, maybe Exide or or, uh, yeah. or um, some of the songs that they very rarely played yeah. that he pulled out. Of, but the problem with that now is he can't sing them. Yeah. Um, Ace, you're a guitar player. I'm not. Yeah. I, Ace really does nothing for me. Well, he you know, just, was a I big mean, part of your childhood. Well, but. just the whole overall, I mean, with even just... Even the songs he wrote for Kiss and stuff, they're just, I mean, they're just classic and, and just the riffs. And, yeah, I like and Shock Me and I like, um, what's the other one he did? Uh, I mean, even Cold Gin. I yeah, mean, he didn't Cold sing Gin. it, but, yeah. you know, 
and you, he goes on. And you Did he do you, Strange you Ways? The, did he sing Strange Ways? On no, that? he didn't see none of those early albums. He didn't sing on. Yeah, he no, but did he write it? I, I don't know. The Kiss guys will probably contact <laughs> us and say, how dare you? you but uh, I just, I don't know. It's just, I mean, he still got that voice and he still goes out and, you know, it's, I mean, it's a voice? way of singing and, you know. <laughs> Everyone raved a few years ago about this Space Invader album, and I put it on, and I'm like, I, it's yeah. just me. I was like, yeah, it's okay, but... Right, right. It's, it's fact, okay. There's, Jay and I did a whole episode on Fraley that has never been aired. I know. It's still in the can. I know. <laughs> it's about three years old. <laughs> Might even be older than that. But yeah, there's a whole unaired episode just on that. Yeah. And like, did you buy that Origins album that he brought out of last year? All the covers? Uh, yes. Yeah, you see, I'm not yeah, going, I don't I go near covers albums, and I don't go near Ace Freely covers albums. Yeah. But, um... They did a good job on it. Yeah, it was, um... Cause some of the other covers he's done, they, there was... There was one, and it's I think it's even in that episode, if I remember correctly, I was like, eh, I'm not that crazy about it, but, um... I think it was the Joker that he did. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it was, and it was like... That was good because a lot of the songs, I like a lot of the songs that, mm. that were on there. So I was like, all right, yeah. it's cool to kind of delve in there. So let's talk about one more thing before we wrap, wrap sure. this up. Judas Priest are getting Tom Allen and Andy Sneed. I know, in, in the studio. Thank As God. speak. Thank God. I've, I've said on the show on numerous occasions, Redeemer, the sound uh-huh. sucked balls. Yeah. Horrible. The only decent sounding album they've had since they reformed is uh, Angel of Retribution. Great album. The album sent well, Nostradamus is a load of rubbish, but yeah. Redeemer. Oh, Jesus Christ, the production. I can't listen to that because yeah. of the production. Like Scott Travis's drum sound on that, 
dreadful. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, um, Angel of Retribution. I mean, great, great sound on that. And I was, I was equally excited. I mean, first of all, because Andy Sneap, but then it's like and Tom Allen. It's like holy crap! Like I'm more excited. I'm more excited with Andy Sneap because if Andy Sneap mixes it. It's going to sound like the Accept album, or it's going to—you know—it's actually going to sound really good. Yeah, well, it'll be—it'll. It, um, I hope that it, it's kind of got some of the the Tom Allen drum happening in there, and the Andy Sneap guitar thing happening in there, and it should be killer. Yeah, if it sounds like like Endgame or you know Stalingrad or Blood of the Nations or something like that, yeah. I'll be like. But it's interesting though happy. to think about it, how that's going to work out with like two big names like that, like that whole collaboration comes together. So mm. I'm hoping they're going to have some kind of a special edition that's got a DVD making of kind of thing because I would love to see some of the studio interplay. It's going to be interesting with Tom Allen back. Yeah. Um, because Tom Allen hasn't worked with Richie Faulkner before. Yeah. So that'll, that'll, be, that'll be interesting for him. Like it's the same band but yeah. with a new guitar yeah. player. But yeah, I was. I'm. I am so psyched when I heard that, that Priest was back. In the well, studio. The, when they announced who was producing it, the first talk came to my mind was it's going to actually sound decent. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, no, I can't. I can't listen to Redeemer. I cannot listen to it. Oh. It just sits there. I'd rather listen to something. Else. Hmm. Some of the eighty stuff sounds better than Redeemer yeah. Souls. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't agree, but the live when when we saw it live, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, studio rubbish. Oh, well, live it was great, except for some of the. Technical glitches. <laughs> oh, he had a guitar, yeah. Yeah, that's was, another uh, story. But yeah, no, I, I think great, great point. And um, yeah, well, hopefully we'll, we'll be bringing you some more news. And uh, yeah, some of these bands. We'll get somebody on, we'll see. Yeah, some of these bands now, they seem to have copped on that some of their previous albums might have sounded shit. Mm-hmm. Like some Metallica, Judas Priest. Yeah. You know, there's others. Yeah. And um, they're actually trying to rectify it now. Yeah. Um, which is good to see. Yeah. So, you know, long may it continue because I just want an album to sound good. You know, it doesn't have to sound brilliant, but if it sounds really bad, especially with today's technology, yeah. it stands out to me. Right. as like, like when I grew up in the 80s, you had a lot of these independent labels and they had, didn't have the money and yeah. the production on a lot of these albums just sounded so different. But the diff, you got to remember though, when with all of those, you did not have people that were able to record at home on high-end audio workstations that were actually affordable. You had to go in a studio. True. So that, I mean, there's, there's a whole different playing field there of, of whether you were in some little shit studio or a big studio and the budget and all of that. But there, besides, you know, damn Fostec Force Racks, you, you just you weren't able to do the kind of stuff that you can do at home and, and not even think twice about. But I mean, t- obviously, drums still sound great in a big room. I mean, drums are drums, but... You can do a lot of stuff with guitars at home now. Yeah, but with technology now, it's kind of hard to make an album sound shit. Judas Priest did it for the last one, in my opinion. No, you still can, because there's there's so many toys to play with. If you don't understand how they all work and how they all interact, that's and, and you know. And if you ever ever listen to song stems, sometimes you'd be amazed and be like, you know, that part that you loved. When you hear it all by itself, you're like, that's crap. This just sounds horrible. But it's everything all together. And it's that understanding and how the pieces all go together in and, 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 and that part. And it takes experience. and it takes, So it takes, a, it takes a Tom Allen. It, it, 
takes an Andy Sneap to be able to. Tom Island was retired, wasn't he? I haven't heard about anything about him for ages. Yeah, so maybe he's not mixing it. Maybe he's, he's been doing it for a long time. I mean, he was a pretty much a pro the first time they worked with him. No, I know he did a lot of albums. Then again, I've seen you know you see comments online that some people aren't happy that Tom Allen is back because they don't like the way a lot of the '80s albums sounded. Yeah, but that was with '80s technology. Yeah, that's right. So, and I think with Andy Sneap, I think they're onto a winner. If the album, the album is is good with a great mix on it, mm-hmm. you're onto they're onto a winner this time. Yeah. In my opinion, should be and good if, if it sounds like shit. I will. I. I won't. Be, I can't believe that this is actually going to sound as bad as Redeemer. There's no way in hell. Yeah. Because do you remember the guy who did who did Redeemer, the producer? You remember his name? Nope. Me neither. <laughs> and exactly. No, this is. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah. So you know, Peter Chris is retiring. Eh, who cares? Judas Priest is making a new album. We all care. Yeah, we do. So, uh, anyways. Um, who are we talking to again this week? I have no idea. Oh, yeah, Brad Gillis, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Brad Gillis. Wow. <laughs> Got all into deep Another guy making great new music. Great new music from these guys. And uh, so uh, what do you say we uh, hop into a conversation with uh, with Brad Gillis and Night Ranger? Sure. Hey, Brad, how you doing? Doing fine, Richie. How are you? I'm very good. I bet you probably didn't expect to hear an Irish guy talking to you tonight, but uh, it's great to talk to you. Oh, good, man. Yeah, so I'm here with my co-host, Scott. Hey, Brad. Good to talk to you. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, trying to get the word out about the brand new Night Ranger album, Don't Let Up. So uh, how are we doing tonight? Doing great, man. What everybody's looking forward to the release of this record. You got to realize when you do a record, once you finish it, you got to sit on it for three months while they process it and manufacture it and get it out there. So we're just waiting for people to hear it, you know, starting on the 24th, you know, later next week, I think. Mm. And then, uh, you know, get the fans' choices, what the songs they like the best, and then we'll try to get into a rehearsal and learn four or five of them and figure out which ones we're going to throw into the set. Nice, nice. That's that's uh, definitely most excellent. And I definitely heard that from uh, other people, too, that just that long waiting period of like, oh, I just can't wait till this damn thing is out. So... And, you, and after a while, yeah. you, you kind of start to feel a little bit differently about it and stuff like that. But I got to say, you know, the first couple passes through the album and stuff, that the first thing that struck me was that this one seems to be um, a lot more upbeat, a lot more rocking than some of the prior ones. Was that something intentional that you did? Well, not really. We just, you know, get together and write songs and whatever happens, happens. But I think we had a little fire built up in us and we just wanted to get a little more aggression out on this record. And, uh, you know, that's what it, that's how it ended up. And, and that's what it is. So, uh, like I said, a few of those songs are going to be great to play live. Looking forward to it. So mm-hmm. we got to figure out which ones we're going to do. Yeah. But, you know, we only have sometimes a 75 minute set, sometimes a 90 minute set. So, you know, we definitely don't want to take any hits out of the set just to put new material on it because nobody wants to sit around and hear a bunch of new material. Especially if you're not a major fan, you're just going to hear, you know, the big hits. So, you know, it's just great for us to have the luxury of, of, of popping a couple more things in the set. We always throw a song or two from each record we do. We test it out, and, you know, if it doesn't happen, we pull it and mm-hmm. replace it with something, but something else. But, you know, we just, we're just glad to, you know, still be kicking it up for 35 years and making records and touring and looking forward to another great year of touring. And, gosh, we just did Vegas last weekend, this outdoor Fremont Street experience, we call it, and had like twelve to 15,000 people there. And then then the next day was NASCAR, and... We went in the uh, Irish are saying the national anthem a cappella 
on Fox TV nationwide to start out the, you know, NASCAR Cobalt 400 race. So that was a blast. And, you know, we're heading out to Florida for five shows next week. We come back to the Bay Area, my hometown here uh, in August, and we got a big show at Shoreline Amphitheater with uh, um, Steve Miller, Peter Franson, and I Ranger. That would be great, especially hometown. Yeah. Uh, heading back to Vegas, playing with Boston. We got some resort gigs, uh, heading to Puerto Rico, going to Japan, uh, where we've, we've always been done well there, and do a couple Tokyo shows, Nagoya, Osaka, Fukuoka, stuff, stuff like that. So it's going to be another great year for the band. Nice. Yeah, so Kerry Kelly's been in the band now for a few years, and um, obviously he helped with the writing on, on this record. Um, were you a little bit nervous about what he was going to bring to the band, maybe change, try and change the sound a little bit, or, or did it all just work seamlessly after Joel left the band? Well, you got to realize it's been a good you know, seven years with Joel, and Joel was like my you know, best friend in the band, and we were hanging out together, go out and get drunk and goof off, and, and him and I really hit it off well, and you know, you never know, you know, when you bring in a new guy, what his demeanor is going to be. But Kerry's such a great guy, nicest guy in the world, always has a smile on his face and, and he's upbeat and he plays flawless live. And he's got that left ball sound and, and him and I, you know, really hit it off. And uh, one of the most fun parts for recording this record was getting Kerry over to my house when we were doing guitar overdubs and slamming out a bunch of those harmonies and egging each other on for our personal solos. So as of now, Kerry, I swear, you know, we haven't lost a heartbeat uh, getting him in the band and, you know, looking forward to going out and doing it again. Nice, nice. So um, with the first single there, um, was that a decision from the record company? Was that something that you guys kind of looked at the songs and decided that was the ideal thing to present first? Who, you know, who decided to come up with that one? we have our favorites and then the record company has theirs so we kind of battle back and forth and what they're going to release and you know mainly you kind of battle on which videos we're going to uh, 
do for what songs because that's the one that's going to get out there and transcend for the audience and get on YouTube and, and get all your uh, all your hits and, and, and play airplays and familiarity with the new material. So we're still kicking around, you know, doing another video. But, you know, we're pretty happy with anything they choose off this record because, man, uh, the response from all the reviewers I've been getting in the past two weeks has been overwhelmingly great for this new record. And I've probably done 25 interviews so far, and I got a few more today. I got a full dance car interviews tomorrow, and then we head to Florida. I got a full morning of, of the day of the release, uh, March 24th, uh, doing a bunch more interviews. So that's good to know that you know people like you are picking up on it and wanting to do interviews. That means we must have a pretty good product going on. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the just the the whole package, like I said, uh, you know, even the the cover is kind of like a, a classic, you know, almost like an '80s cover as well. It kind of kind of brings you back to that as well. So I think just just the whole thing, all in its entirety, is is very cool. And I think also the just the way you you did the lineup on the album too, putting just a, like I said, a lot of fast tempo songs right in there to to suck you in as well and keep the energy up high. I think that just makes it that much more enthusiastic about the album. Yeah, I got to tell you one thing, man. This band doesn't slow down. I mean, if you've ever seen us live, we put 110% into our live show. And, you know, uh, having the luxury of being able to do a record every year and a half, two years, you know, uh, it, it's a great feeling. And when we know we got a summon, we're all, you know, at, at home coming up with different ideas. So when we do get together, we can throw them out to everybody in the band and see what sticks. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, just waiting for the release and, and to get the fans' opinions and, and see if maybe uh, maybe there'll be a song or, you know, possibly get in a movie or yeah. get out there and uh, make a difference. Yeah, yeah. Brad, where does the motivation come from with you guys to, to write new music? Because you come out with an album now every two years, and there's a lot of bands from back in that era that they just don't want to release new music at all. But, like, you, you don't seem to have a problem doing it, and it's all top quality as well. But where does the motivation still come from? Well, first of all, when you got a record company that gives you a nice chunk of money to do a record, and you know you can go in and do it for cheap because everybody has their own home studios, it kind of gives you a little incentive only because, you know, you want to make money what you do. And if you're going to spend a couple months doing a record, you want to make sure you get paid. Uh, so, you know, we're just kind of looking forward to maybe we could, you know, sell so many records to actually uh, sell more than our in our advance and make some more money on top of that. But, <laughs> you know, the, the, but the, the exciting factor is to be able to go in and write new material and, and have the luxury of creating and not just living off our past hits. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I'm just waiting for the release and so is everybody else to see what kind of traction we get. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as far as is gear, have you changed up anything over the last few years? You're still using the same kind of stuff you've been using all along. Have been comfortable with, or any, any kind of new surprises? Well, uh, you got to realize I'm I'm a guitar and amp collector. I got 130 guitars and about 50 amplifiers, so I can pretty much get any combination of sound imaginable in the command. But you know, I rely on my 62 Strat and mostly everything I do. I've done mm. pretty much on every you know rhythm and solo. Uh, for Ozzy and my Ranger, but you know, I you know I use Mesa Boogie Mark Five and and Decat and uh, Soldano Decatones and and you know Marshalls. I just use whatever will work for that song. But um, you know, uh, you don't want to diversify too much 
of your sound on a record because you kind of get away from your sound. And the last thing you want someone to do is to hear one of your songs and say, hey, that doesn't even sound like Night Ranger. Yeah. So that's why we always kept to the same formula of uh, recording songs and writing. Basically, you know, we have that, you know, those big three-part, part two, three-part uh, chorus harmonies. And, you know, you got Kelly and Jack trading off lead vocals and different verses and coming together on B sections of the song. And, of course, the classic... Uh, Night Ranger harmonies and just the wild and crazy solos, you know, mm -hmm. um, just and carry through some great stuff in on his own. And, you know, and I went back and to try to make mine, my solos, you know, signature as possible. And, you know, a little bit of Lanny bar here and melody and, and it seems to work. And that's kind of our, our formula throughout our whole career. And at this point, you really don't want to change things up because, uh, you want people to know you as Night Ranger just with a, a new song and a new melody and a new chorus. So right. yeah. uh, I think we're sitting pretty right now. classic about you know collecting the guitars and that's always been my thing too is you know i see a, a different one and go well i really need that for the studio because someone might come in and they want that sound out of that guitar as well and it's kind of worked out okay for me so far because when you talked about having about 50 guitars and amps richie just kind of looked around the studio and rolled his eyes and was like oh god it's another one but uh <laughs> I, I do love the classic sound of, of you know you doing the strat and always having your partner doing more of the Les Paul sound, and I thought that was kind of a, the kind of that classic thing, and it's a it's a good night range of sure. signature as well. So it's cool that Kerry comes in and does the same thing with, with a Paul and balances you out. It's just kind of a nice overall sound. Yeah, it's working out great for us, and I got to tell you, you know, Kerry's just the nicest guy in the world, man. A pleasure to work with, and you know we need that, and 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 any new band member we bring in, of course, we've had Eric Levy on keyboard mm. for uh, a good you know six seven years now, and Eric's just Man, he just hangs in there and quiet and just plays his parts perfectly. I don't think I've ever heard him play a mistake on stage on keyboards, you know, in that cold classic uh, Sister Christian intro. You know, he plays it flawlessly. And, and it's so funny, too, is 
at one point I told Carrie, I said, man, you should try to learn the Jeff Watson eight finger technique. And he go, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to try it. And we had a couple week break a year and a half or so ago. And, and, uh, when we came back to our next game, he goes, at sound check, he goes, dude, I learned the eight finger technique. I go, really? So yeah. I go, come on, let's, let's do Rock in America for sound check. And you did it and you played it. It's like, yeah so so final question for me brad um J- jack has done stuff outside the band with like revolution saints and i know kelly did uh, the mob album with red beach and, and doug pinnock years ago but i've never heard your name met, brought up with any of these like groups that frontiers get together um have you ever been offered that at all well i've been offered a couple of those but you know it, it, a certain point, you know, it's really not worth the time and energy uh, to do some of these records. And a lot of times I won't even be available to do it. And I do a lot of production work. And for me to sit at home and start my computer and write music and all of a sudden you're hearing it on ESPN, you know, a week later, or you're, you know, your song's in a movie or, you know, Fox Sports is playing it or, you know, uh, it's in some... It's, it's in a couple Tiger with PlayStation games. It's kind of fun for me because I'm my own boss. I'm at my own, you know, I got my own time schedule here and I don't have to answer to anybody. So I have been actually working on the solo record for quite a few years. and I got a bunch of great songs. I just got to find time to figure out what singers I want to sing on it, you know, around the Night Ranger touring schedule and my, my production work that I'm doing at home. So, you know, hopefully I'll have something out soon. But believe me, I keep busy. And as it so happens, especially when we're doing interviews over uh, people's cell phones, we had a bit of a dropout. And uh, so while we're waiting to uh, get Brad back on the line, how about playing another track from Don't Let Up? This one's called Day and Night. Just for a second, second you did there. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you there? Okay. Yeah, we're here. Yep. 
I don't know if you asked me a question because it seemed like you, you died for a minute. You were in the middle of talking. It, it dropped out, but no, I didn't ask anything yet. Oh, okay. Did I finish? Did you get that last answer? <laughs> yeah, we did. We got it, Brad. We got it. Yeah. So, okay, you know, good. it's very it's good. one thing that's really interesting, Brad, is that, you know, we get we obviously we get a lot of press releases and we, we do a lot of interviews and and it's always kind of got this big buildup. But you're the first person that has been as enthusiastic when talking about the album as they quote you in the press release. And um, just just curious, you know, having been that enthusiastic about it, kind of what would you consider to be your feeling of, of what makes this album release a success for you? Well, you got to realize, you guys, that I'm kind of an up person and I'm kind of a little flamboyant. And usually when somebody asks me a question, I'll give them three answers only because I've been doing this so long, I pretty much know what to say. Mm-hmm. But I'm always excited about a new record coming out and how could you not be in this day and age? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be 60, I'm going to be 60 years old here in June and to know that I, you know, I'm still healthy and I got a band that's touring the world, putting out records. It's like unbelievable for me. Yeah. So I, you know, I enjoy interviews and, and, and throwing it down and letting people know what's going on. And it's, you know, part of my job and it's a lot of fun. I mean, I have a blast doing interviews because I think the people want to know. It only helps sell on records. And, you know, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I got, I still got things to prove, you know, I still want to keep making a mark out there. And, and like I said, the reaction been so huge from all the reviewers on this record that I think this is going to be our biggest record in a long time. And I'm excited to see what's going to come out of it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it it is like I said. I, I was pretty excited about it, hearing it, and hopefully everybody else that we turn on to it will be equally excited as well. And uh, it's definitely it's, it's been great to get you on and and talk about that. I know I've I've been wanting to talk to you for uh, for I don't know how many years since since way back in the '80s. But uh, it's it's great to finally have you on, uh, n- not just as a member of Night Ranger, but also as a one of those guitarists that I have always looked up to for a long time. So uh, it's it's uh, been uh, damn great to talk to you, Brad. Hey, well, it's my pleasure, you guys. Thanks for having me, and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully we'll... Uh, where are you located? We're uh, located just outside of Boston. Well, hopefully we'll be around there, and you guys come see the show and see us live, and, and maybe we'll throw down some of these new songs, too. Awesome. That would be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully hearing about four or five of them, if we can if you can fit them in there. That would be great. <laughs> there you go. All, All right. right, you guys. appreciate it, man. All right. Take so care. Thanks for taking time for us tonight, <laughs> and uh, good luck with the rest of the interviews, and... Uh, of course, great luck with the album. We're looking forward to having everybody hear it. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Richie. Talk to you guys soon. All, All right, right, Brad. Take care. Bye, Brad. And there you go. That is our conversation with Brad Gillis of Night Ranger. And as you said, their brand new one, Don't Let Up, came out on March 24th. And you can get that pretty much anywhere that you uh, would normally buy CDs. It's also out on vinyl. And there is a deluxe edition that has the old CD and DVD deal in there. And if you want to find more information about Night Ranger, of course, easy to remember, nightranger.com. And in fact, if you go up there, click on the events page, you can see uh, what is going on as far as all the dates that they have booked, and they've got dates up there right now all the way through uh, August of this year and uh, also got a date out in November. And I know, as Brad said, they've got a lot of other uh, international tours coming up. None of that's really reflected up there yet, but plenty of dates to choose from. So, of course, you can't really discuss Brad Gillis without uh, touching on Ozzy Osbourne. Of course, Brad filled in for the... uh, the late, great Randy Rhodes for a brief period with Ozzy. So, of course, being true metalheads, we got to play a little bit of Brad doing some Ozzy. So this one has Brad and the boys doing Crazy Train.
So apparently Brad's guitar still knows all the classic Aussie riffs. So that is a wrap for this week. Thanks once again for listening to yet another week of Focus on Metal. Right now, it looks like next week we will be bringing you an interview that Richie did with Stefan Schwarzi as part of our Kerrang! project. And I think everybody will enjoy all the great stories that Stefan uh, has to tell. You know, you got to remember, too, that when Stefan was doing uh, Kerrang! and sounds and all that, we're talking 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. So uh, definitely had some great stuff to talk about. But for now, that is it for another week right here on Focus on Metal. As always, you can follow us at focusonmetal.net, focusonmetal.blogspot.com. You can talk to Richie over on Facebook. And, of course, you can always keep up with us on Twitter. So that's it. There ain't no more this week. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, as always, have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again next week, Remember, focus on metal. Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.